Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Pod Save the King! Hello and welcome to Pod Save the King. I'm your host Zoe Forsey and I'm joined this week by the author of A Royal Christmas, Jeremy Archer. Hi Jeremy, thank you so much for joining me. This is your first time on the podcast, isn't it? It is indeed, but it's a pleasure to do it. And I'm very excited to be talking about all things Christmas. Now answer me, having been researching and reading papers and reading everything on Christmas for however long, are you sick and tired of Christmas yet? Or are you still feeling a bit festive? Um, no, I'm feeling a bit. I'm feeling a bit festive. I'm feeling a bit festive, but I, um, but I have done an awful lot of research into Christmas over the years, and it's and it's just fascinating to see the different ways in which it's been celebrated, and what fun people have, and and how traditions have been adopted and changed and adapted. It's good fun, and and I think the most important thing is it it brings everybody together, and it and it's time to have a good time. Nobody's working. There are exchange of presents, and you're meant to have a good time. And that's fun and games. Definitely. And that's one of the things that I love and I think our listeners really enjoy about Christmas because while it's so different for the royal family, because I don't know what your Christmas day looks like, but mine isn't anywhere near as fancy as we know theirs is. But it is still the kind of the general themes of it are the same. It's a time to be together, to share presents and to all kind of sit down and have a chat and a catch up, which is lovely. But we're going to jump straight in, if that's all right, and talk about the Christmases of more recent years. So this is ones that we're used to kind of, you know, seeing details of in the newspapers now we see them all go to church in the morning and we know they the late queen in particular was is extremely religious as are the rest of the family and we see them go to church but the afternoon celebrations are private so we don't know too much about them however there's been countless you know kind of reports and records over the years but what do we know about what they get up to on christmas day what do we know well i mean that Christmas, it, it, it's a family Christmas. I mean, that, that's the important thing to remember. It's a time for the family to get together. Um, Sandringham House is a big place. There's plenty of room. Um, remember, of course, that the Prince and Princess of Wales have got a house nearby anyway. But so, so it's an opportunity for the family to get together. That They're out of the public gaze. It's private time. Of course, the walk to the church is, is very much in public gaze. The service is private. You can't take photographs in the church. Um, but but we've all seen people getting getting their getting their cameras out, photographing them as they walk to church. But once they've gone back again, it's their time. It's their Christmas, um, and they're going to have fun together. And some of the traditions that we've heard of, or you know, that have been reported of, I was wondering how many of them you've come across in your research. Is you know, if there is any backing of it, or if it's just you know the crown getting a bit excited and adding some details but one of them that we you know that I've seen reported on quite a lot of is the royals weighing themselves before and after they leave to check they've had a good time did you see anything on this on your kind of travels through travels um, through history I, I must confess I didn't I, I think um, I think that sounds a little bit unlikely it sounds fun but it sounds a little bit unlikely I mean the 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 important thing of course is is the exchange of presents so so Bearing in mind the German tradition, so that so we we owe the we owe the royal family a lot, because one way or another they brought us the Christmas tree. The Christmas tree was 
they bought it much earlier than we think. So it's a late 18th century thing. It was popularized by Prince Albert. Um, there was a, an illustration, the Illustrated London News, 1848, family, Windsor Castle, um, and he was he was around, or they they Victoria and Albert were were around the Christmas tree with their children. Boom boom! From that moment, everybody had to have Christmas trees. The the other big thing, which is also German, and there's a German word for it, is called Bescherung. So Bescherung is is the giving of presents, and um, certainly historically at Sandringham, I sort of doubt they they do it this way now. But historically, uh, there were there were big big tables, I mean, long, long, long tables, and everything was color-coded and everybody's presents, were, they, they were labeled, they were put out, people used to inspect everybody else's presents. <laughs> um, it's a, a slightly strange thing, but, but Bashiran was taken, was taken very seriously. It was, it was probably taken more seriously in the old days than, than in modern times. Um, but of course, they gave presents to the staff as well, because Christmas at Sandringham doesn't happen without the staff. Um, the staff make it happen. The staff ha have to work over Christmas. And so the staff all get presents. And so there's a staff party too. Um, so, so members of the royal family will go to the staff party. They'll give the staff presents. Um, so there's really quite a lot going on. Um, that, of course, is private. I mean, it's, it's, it's just for them and people they see the whole time. Uh, there's then something a bit more public, the Boxing Day shoot, where no doubt the odd person can see them on the shoot. Um, but these are traditions that have been going on for a long, long time. Uh, and Sandringham lends itself to it very well because actually it's quite a private place. You can you can seal it off. Now, as I mentioned, you've gone through so much, so many kind of documents through, you've gone through journals. How much of these traditions changed over the years? Well, I, I'd like to think that the things they were doing, um, I, I was lucky enough to be to be lent a diary from, from 1927. And... It was it was the focus on fun. There were there were practical jokes. They played games. They dressed up. They put on costumes. They, there's quite a lot of performance. Now I don't know whether there's still performance. Queen Victoria loved performance. She loved people to dress up, um, and and of course there were the pantomimes. I mean, the late Queen at Windsor Castle in the war. Uh, there were there were there were four consecutive years. There were pantomimes. Uh, she, she and Princess Margaret took part. They took, they took big roles. They took the big roles. So I would be quite surprised if, 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 if they didn't play charades, if they didn't dress up, if they didn't laugh at one another. Whether they weigh one another, I have no idea. <laughs> it, it, it sounds a bit daft, but it could happen. One of the things I've, I've loved seeing in the past is all the, the photos of a very young Princess Elizabeth and Princess Margaret dressed up, you know, for all the pantos and that, that kind of element of the, the shows and things, aren't they, that they used to put on little performances at the palaces, which I really love. Um, and kind of going way back then to some of the earlier, the first things you saw of the earlier traditions, so that the, having the, the Christmas tree obviously was a, was a royal, something that was royal started, and the, the Christmas Eve present giving and things like that is that do you think it's important from what you've seen you know they, they've kept these traditions going for an awfully long time why do you think that they're so keen to do that i think they grew up with it um so there, there won't be there won't be four generations at, at sandringham this christmas um there will be three but 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 if it's what you've grown up with if it's what you're used to if it's what you're you're proud of and it, it reminds you queen victoria used to Used to write in her journal about about being reminded of the of the good of the good old times, and um, they're very traditional. 
I think tradition is important. Now, Christmases abroad is something is another big section of the book. I it's something now that I find quite strange to imagine. Like you can't imagine. I just can't imagine. You know the Prince and Princess of Wales saying, oh, we're going to be on tour for the December period. You know, we haven't seen that. I know we saw Prince Harry, but that was the right way when he was, you know, serving in the in the military. But that used to be quite a big, you know, that didn't used to be that unusual, didn't it? I guess it was when tours used to be young, younger. But going kind of way back to the, the beginning of, you know, the century, that was something we saw more often, I think. The, the late Queen's second Christmas, she, she was on tour. So, so you have a new monarch, and, and, and no doubt we'll, we'll see this with King Charles as well. Um, he, he will want the Commonwealth to see him. Um, and and um, in 1953, so it was her second Christmas on the throne, she, she gave her Christmas broadcast from, from Government House, Auckland, New Zealand. Um, so, so you've got to be flexible. Um, sometimes you're away on duty. Um, a number of the Christmases spent away, of course, they, they were away. Members of the royal family were away because they were serving. There's a tradition of, of military and naval service. So it, it, it's just a case of where you are. What, what doesn't happen is the whole household doesn't decamp. Um, the only time the household decamps is, is to Sandringham at Christmas, which they've been doing since 1902. Now, we also know that Christmas isn't, you know, the same as there's always Christmases that are difficult for every family. And unfortunately, the rules don't get to escape this. And there's a chapter in the book called uh, Christmas Crisis. And one of the things that I'd actually forgotten until I until I read through was Prince Philip's illness in 2011. And I forgot how close it was to Christmas that he was uh, hospitalised and um, how do you, you know, what impact do you think that would have had on the family to break that? You know, he was a huge part of, we know from what you've written, he was a huge part of the Royal Christmas. And how do you think it would have been to have had such a big presence missing? Well, I, um, I mean, he, he was, he, he, he was taken off and he was, he was flown off by, by helicopter, suffering from chest pains. He was, he was flown off to, to hospital the day before Christmas Eve. Um, it, it, it can only have, cast a huge pall over Christmas. I mean, how, how, can you, how can you all be gathered at Sandingham House when, if you like, the, the master of the house um, is, is in hospital suffering from chest pains and you've no idea what's going to happen? So that must have been a pretty desperate Christmas. That's the, that's the most recent desperate Christmas, but there have been plenty of others. Um, and and the, reason, the reason is simple, really. Um, Christmas is the middle of the winter, um, Elderly people tend to get ill in the middle of the winter. So, so uh, quite, quite a lot of bad things that ha- have happened at Sandringham over the years um, because of the weather as much as anything else, because of the climate and because people are old. So there are, a lot, there are lots of Sandringham memories. Um, and and the, um, sadly, there have been plenty of deaths in the house. But I, I reckon Christmas 2011 would have been a pretty miserable one. I mean, how can you be happy when the head of the, the house, or if you like, the husband of the head of the house was in hospital. And were he there, got better. He was fine. He did. He, and, he was fine. And were there any other kind of instances you mentioned? There obviously there's been lots through the royal history. Are there other, any others that really stand out in your memory from your research of kind of ones that would have really impacted the, the royal events? Well, I, <clears throat> is, I, I think Christmas 1936 must have been pretty tense. So you've had you've had the abdication price crisis earlier that month. Um, the family have gathered at, at, 
at, at Sandringham, and um, the King didn't broadcast that year. King George George VI didn't broadcast that year. Um, he just didn't. He didn't like public speaking anyway. And of course, you you you're probably familiar with the film The King's Speech. So he he had it, it almost had to be dragged out of him. But Lionel Logue taught him to speak. Um, to speak with confidence in public. But that must have been a pre pretty miserable Christmas because after all, the, he wasn't expecting to be king. So there they were gathered and there was, there was nothing much to lift the spirits then. Uh, and it's worth remembering that in the old days, the Christmas broadcast, until 1960, the Christmas broadcast was always delivered live. So I reckon 1936 was a, was a pretty grim one. Um, 1939, um, is probably the most famous Christmas broadcast of the lot. So, so, so the, the war's been going for three months. Um, and at that point, he, he thought, I, I've really got, and just, he, King George VI, thought, I've really got to make a broadcast. And so he did. Um, and it, and, it, and it, it resonated with everybody because he read out this poem, The Gate of the Year. The woman who'd written it didn't immediately recognise her own words, but it really struck a chord with the nation. Um, and, and there was so much uncertainty then, because we were in the middle of the, the phony war, nothing much had happened. We, were, we weren't dropping bombs on Germany, we were dropping leaflets. Um, but, but he lifted morale hugely, um, and, and he didn't want to speak. And he, Actually, he, he said, um, I can't really enjoy Christmas or begin to enjoy Christmas until it's over. That is, my speech is over. After that, huge relief, he could then celebrate. And that's a so those are so those are a couple of, of of if you like highlight pretty miserable Christmases 1936 1939. And so you mentioned that the Queen's well the the monarch's message. I'm not still not going to get used to that's you know we we're saying earlier keeps still taking you know time to adjust to calling everything and it, it not being the Queen's speech on Christmas Day is still going to be a bit strange. But the Queen's speech for you know her reign the king's speech before that and charles is going forward why do you think the king or queen's speech is such a big part of not just royal tradition just everyone's tradition you know so many people so many households plan christmas completely around that tv broadcast it's a bit of a review of the year um and so it's a it's a look back but it's a look forward um the, the first broadcast, incidentally, in 1932, was a mere 251 words. It was at 3.35 in the afternoon. It was 251 words. They are a lot longer now. Um, they're a lot more interesting now. But so they, the monarch will, will review the year. I, I've absolutely no doubt that, that King Charles this year will, will, will focus on his mother and the achievements of her reign, the extraordinary length of her reign, um, the great sadness that she's no longer with us, but he will also um, he will also try and lift morale. Um, it's a pretty tricky old time at the moment. Inflation's running at over eleven percent. There are um, the emergency services are, are striking. There, there's, there's a lot of unhappiness, but he will try and lift the morale of the nation, um, and he will he will do what for my money he's always done. He'll try and identify, and he does identify very well with the people. So it's it, it's. It's a little bit like a keynote address. It's something, it's something that we all love. We sit down, um, we probably pour ourselves a glass of mulled wine and, and sit and listen. It's, it's in the diary. It's in most people's diaries. And apart from going, for obviously, over, you know, 
the last few decades it's gone that's gone from a radio broadcast as you said it was live to a pre-recorded tv message that we know that the queen did kind of one take everyone who ever you know everyone that's ever spoken out about filming it said she was a complete pro straight in you know did it all sorted were there any other big ways that you think that charles might change it or do you think he'll keep it as he you know as his mother did well um I mean, if, if, if we think about the changes that have taken place, they, they, they've all been driven by technology. So, so in, in 1932, you, you, you sit in a small room in Sandringham and you've got some microphones and it's a radio broadcast. Um, and then, and then television, television started. And so you have to grasp the new medium. You have to use it for your advantage. Um, and so that was done. In 1960, the, the, the first recorded broadcast was in 1960. Um, why was it recorded? Well, it was recorded so that it could get to more people. The first broadcast is reckoned to have reached 20 million people. But if you pre-record it, you send tapes around the Commonwealth, you're, you're, you're reaching multiples of that number. So we, we, are, we are where we are now. So we've got a pre-recorded broadcast. Um, Charles will want, and he'll, I'm no doubt he'll take advice on this, he, he would want to take advantage of any way that he can to reach more people. Um, how he does it, I don't know, because I'm not particularly tech savvy, but, but, I'm, but I'm sure it'll change. If somebody says, sir, there's a way we can do this differently, it'll be more effective, you'll reach more people, I'm sure he'll grab it. And another thing of the Christmas message, it's that the wording of them is always so... The Queen always just had an incredible ability to, you know, along with her advisors and the people that helped her write it to, as you said, make the real, you know, they're really interesting. She hits at really important issues, would tend to kind of, you know, do some more subtle nods to things as well, troubles in the family, troubles thing. And that's always something that's really, you know, really, I think, made them so successful and why people were so, you know, thing of, you mentioned before that they didn't used to be as interesting. Do you know what? What kind of, when did that change happen? When did they become a bit more personal? Or was it a gradual thing of where they got a bit more comfortable doing it? I, I, I suspect it was gradual. But the, the important thing is that the royal family should be seen as a family. It should, it should be seen as a, as a representative family. Um, it should be seen as a family that celebrates Christmas, no doubt on a grander scale than than the rest of us do, but but they're still gathered together at Christmas, and it's an important time for them. So, I, I would say, I would say everything has changed gradually. I I, I don't believe that anything in the royal fa- family ever happens with a sharp turn to the right. It's just not the way it's done. But they will take advice, and um, you know, if, if there's a better way of doing it, then then King Charles will be up for it. Another highlight of the festive period for me. Oh, you got a friend there. <laughs> so There's a dog in the background. Oh. Now, another big part of, for me, like a highlight of the festive period in terms of the royals is seeing all the Christmas, the family Christmas card photos, and um, which is a tradition that's been going on for as long as I can remember. And you see, you know, that the Wales is always do beautiful ones, even Meghan and Harry, even though they step back from uh, America, you know, step back from life in the UK and I'm now living over in the US uh, the Queen always did a gorgeous one when is that something that you you notice kind of coming into the you know becoming a thing is that something that you found much 
you know, historic evidence of dating way back. Yeah, I'm just I'm just having a, a quick glance at, at at historic photographs. I don't I don't think that family photographs were part of Christmas cards until relatively recently. By by relatively recently, I mean you know, the the Duke and the Duke and Duchess of York, so so the late Queen's parents before he became king, they, Marcus Adams would take photographs of, of, of the family. The family were known incidentally. He used to, call, he used to talk about we four. He, he was hugely proud of the family unit. And, and so it fitted. He was going to talk about we four. Therefore, let's have a Christmas card of we four. And, and, and that, I think, is probably where it started. Um, I, I didn't see any, any older ones of members of the family. Um, Queen Victoria certainly wouldn't have done that, um, but but the but presenting the royal family uh, as an ordinary family as a family unit, um, and, and as you say, there is some there are some terrific modern photographs. I think they're lovely, and just seeing the the whales is always do it really well. Of you know, it, they did a few very formal ones, but now it's more like kind of holiday pictures, and it's all them all kind of you know sitting in their jeans. And I think there was one a couple of years ago that obviously been out for a walk because they all had kind of muddy little Louis. You know, from seeing him at the Jubilee, no one can be surprised is covered in mud. I'm sorry, but some really really nice photos. The really the really striking Christmas card, um, and the unusual one. So there's a. This is another. This is an example of, of the royal family identifying with the with the people. So, Buckingham Palace was bombed, um, and it, it it's it's almost as if the Germ the German bomber flew up the mall and and targeted it. Buckingham Palace was bombed. The, the Queen Mother, so um, Queen Queen Elizabeth said, um, and she she said, well. Now we can look the East End in the face. So the, the East End had taken a real pasting. But their Christmas card in 1940 was of the King and Queen standing in front of, of, of a bomb-damaged Buckingham Palace, which is a way of saying, hey, we're suffering as well. We identify with you. Let's get through it. I don't so think that, I've ever seen that photo before. That sounds incredibly so that, powerful. So that, that for me is, is, is probably the most, the most poignant one. Yeah, it was on the, the 10th of September 1940, Buckingham Palace was bombed. And in fact, the, the chapel in which the late Queen was christened was destroyed in that raid and was never rebuilt. Now, I'm going to be terribly mean now and ask someone who spent ages looking at history things to look ahead, which I know is very unfair. Um, but how do you, obviously, this Christmas is going to be completely different for the royal family. It's hard for any family to adjust after losing a loved one, especially a head of a family as the monarch was. What do you think this Christmas could look like? Do you think, Charles, as we know, these traditions have gone on for a long time. I can't imagine them all going in and saying, right, let's change it and mix it all up. But what do you what do you think from having a look at how, you know, when new monarchs have come in to take that head of the family role, how they've adapted things? What do you think may happen? I think King Charles is, is a great traditionalist. Um, I, I think he's got some modernising ideas. I, I, he, he, he's on record as saying he'd like to, to, to streamline the royal family, cut down a little bit and, and, and so on, and involve other people. There is already evidence that they are involving other people. So um, the Queen Consort has, has chosen um, half a dozen people who will, who will help her. Um, King Charles has chosen half a dozen people who will help him, and, and he's, he, he, he's changed the the individuals a bit, uh, but none of that I think will make any difference to Christmas. I think Christmas, 
I think he will he will very much want to continue his mother's traditions. Um, it's a time of coming together for the family. Now, the big, big question is, who's going to be there? Um, there's, ma there's masses of room. Um, as I mentioned, the Prince and Princess of Wales have, have a house and a hall nearby anyway, so they'll certainly be out there. Um, I would I would be most surprised if, well, certainly one brother, Ed, Edward and Sophie are, are, are going to be there. Um, well, I think they're going to be there. I'd be surprised if they weren't there. The, the Princess Royal and Admirals of Tim Lawrence um, the big question, of course, is whether is is, is whether the Duke of York's there. Um, it, it it could be. It could just be an opportunity to to, to try and heal wounds. I, I I guess those who who hang around the church at Sandringham, watching them walk to church, will be will be absolutely intrigued to see who is there. I think we'll all be intrigued. But I think I think Christmas this year will be as close to Christmas last year, with a with of course the, a great overlay of sadness but it'll be as close as he can make it. And just lastly, to finish off then, what was, can you give us kind of one of the most interesting or surprising things that you found out during your research? Was there one kind of little nugget of information that you came across that really, really stands out for you? Well, the, the story that I really enjoyed, and bear in mind, of course, Christmas at Sandringham, a royal Christmas, it, it, it's private stuff. Um, but, but the story that was in a, a private diary um, so they're all they're all they're all sitting around on, on Boxing Day. Um, they've had a good meal. They're sitting around talking. They're listening to music. Um, and George, this is George V. We're, we're in 1927. Um, and, and George V. Um, he had a apparently had a had a marvelous record player, um, a wooden veneered record player, and um, he put on "God Save the King." Just to see if they noticed, and um, and it, and, it, and it took it, it, it took a while for people suddenly to realise what was being played. So they stand they they suddenly shoot to their feet and stand up in in his honour, um, and he said, "Oh, I was wondering when you noticed." <laughs> so, so, and um, yeah, and, and he, he he was an old man, but he was he was a practical joker, and I I think that's rather a lovely story. I think that's brilliant, and again, it's it's very different kind of circumstances to a normal family but that is the kind of you know the thing that I can picture my granddad or you know like uncles of just doing that little thing to wind everyone up and see who's actually paying attention to me here what's actually yeah, yeah, going yeah. on or is everyone too distracted by their new toys and boxes of celebrations now no, and all the yeah all the all that stuff and, and of course you, you've got to remember there there are generations there so you've so you've got you, you've got ages from 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 two to eighty, two to nearly eighty, and it would have been the same in those days. So, um, yeah, good fun, good fun. I'm sure they I'm sure they have a great time, but it's 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 private stuff. It's largely private stuff, which is lovely as well. It's kind of it is nice that they live so much of their lives in the spotlight, and I do enjoy that they get they get this fun day that you know we know they do all the jokey presents we know that you know it's, it's a lot of laugh and I imagine some amazing amazing food and it's nice that they get to properly relax with knowing they're yeah, completely no, safe from, knowing they're safe from cameras lovely well Jeremy thank you we so much well. for joining me today and your book A Royal Christmas is out now um, and happy Christmas I hope you have a lovely one thank you very thank you very much <laughs> we'll be on the we'll be on the other way Oh, um, very nice. <laughs> so thank you very much indeed. Fantastic. And thank you so much to all our listeners for joining. As always, we're on Twitter and Instagram at PodSave. And until next time. Pod save the king.